Hello there, uh, my name is Joe Davies, I'm a school counselor at Russell. I'm joined with Eleanor Crow, um, who's a year 13 pupil. Eleanor, yes. thank you for coming on the podcast. It's alright, it's a pleasure. So, the first question really is, which A-levels do you take? So, I study English Literature, History and Latin A-level, and I also did BEPQ. Ah, excellent. Yes. So, um... I suppose what I really want to ask is uh, the EPQ. Mm. How was that? What did you do? So I explored the impact of the First World War on British poetry, kind of taking two of my favourite A-levels, sorry Latin, and... Oh, yeah. um, so, so history's... <laughs> history and English are probably That's good to hear, that's good to hear. Um, so I took both of those and I combined them and I started thinking of ways I could compare the two together. Mm-hmm. And I've always had an interest in poetry since I was very young. Right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on that and come back to that yes, in, in a moment. Yes, we will. Um, and I noticed that there was obviously a lot of war poetry that existed, um, and I wanted to look at the correlation between these war poems and the actual events of the war, and that is what I did. That's very interesting. Did you find any overlaps? Of course, mm-hmm. very many, especially in the trench poets. Right, um, yeah. A lot of moving material. Did you find, did you find that... Um, the experience was similar between different people, or was the, were all the poems very different? Or? Well, an interesting thing that I did look into was the role of women in terms of war poets, because obviously they're quite overlooked in terms of war poets because they don't have first-hand experiences of being at the front line. Mm. Um, but there was many poems um, from women and their experiences at home, whether that be losing husbands, brothers, sons, or some women writing propaganda yeah. that kind of promoted the war, mm-hmm. um, such as Vera Britton, she was um, hired almost by the press to write um, these propaganda poems that essentially ridiculed men for not joining the war and kind of played into toxic masculinity. There was loads of movements like that, one that you know, that you had to wear a, what was it, a white rose, white, white flower, feather. white feather, that was yeah. it, just, mm-hmm. if you, if, to show you were a, a, a coward, a coward, that's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah, um, you'd be handed one. So, what is... Poetry. Oh, what a question. I know. Well, that's, that's why I'm here. Well, there's lots of amazing definitions of poetry by famous poets, and I actually have one on this sheet. So, uh, for those of you who are listening and not seeing, Eleanor has just picked up a sheet of paper. I have. This is my script for Poetry Please. Sorry. This is my script for Poetry Please, um, which I hosted, along with Alice and Jess. Yeah, so Poetry Please is a yearly event. Mm-hmm. Um, Annual. Annual, uh, so so it's an annual event, um, and it's all about poetry. It, was, it, it, is. Be, it began with um, Mrs. Cross, I believe, the, did. the head of English. Yes, we have a cup named after her. The, the Cross Cup. Yeah, that is right. what it's called. Good, I'm glad I got that right. Yeah. So what what is poetry? What um, is poetry? So Edgar Allan Poe, who is a poet that I quite like, mm. a Gothic poet, and um, he describes poetry as the rhythmical creation of beauty in words. That's a, that's a thought-provoking definition. And I think it's probably my favourite definition Why? of poetry. Because for me, poetry is intended to be read aloud. It's an Performed, art form. Yeah. yeah. It's like music. I mean, we have, there's so many examples of songs that we sing in chapel that began with a poem. Mm. So, I mean, William Blake's Jerusalem, we sing that all the time. That yeah, began yeah. as a poem. Um, you could say so, that poetry to music is a song, really. Yeah. The majority of songs have kind of poetic lyrics, I Yeah, and so his use of the word rhythmical is really important to me because I don't just like 
reading poetry and looking at the techniques and the deeper meaning, but also looking at the metre, why the poet has chosen that many syllables per, per line. Um, there's a great poem that we read at Poetry Please, which is called The Tiger by William Blake, mm. which has a very regular rhyme scheme, mm. very regular um, metre, and that kind of mirrors um, the simplicity of the poem, and that it's, it's describing such a beautiful, amazing thing, but yeah. in such a simple way. So I, I suppose if the, if, the, if the rhythm was very irregular, mm -hmm. you could infer that it was talking about something that isn't, isn't as, as pleasant, you know, it could be something yeah. more, more, more scary. Or yeah, yeah, because you don't know what to expect with the poem in terms of the metre and so the suspense. Yeah. Would you say that um, Shakespeare's plays, um, uh, to what extent are they poetic? Well, I think, I mean, Shakespeare is considered the bard of mm. Avon. He's considered mm. England's national poet. I mean, he himself was a poet. He wrote many sonnets, mm. many poems. Um, and so I think that definitely does come into his, all of his plays, really, especially those that kind of rely on soliloquies, mm. where we get to hear the thoughts of um, a character alone. Um, and he kind of reflects whether these thoughts are, like we said before, erratic, jum jumbled up, or whether they're um, thought out and contemplated in, for example, Hamlet's To Be or Not To Be. Well, yeah, that's the famous one, but I, I, I mean, I can't confess that I've read the whole play, but I have a copy of Richard III. Oh, um, Joe. No, I know, I know. Um, I read it purely because I enjoy Richard III as a monarch, and I wanted to see mm -hmm. what, what Shakespeare did, and yeah. I found that the internal soliloquies and, and monologues with him talking about his wife and the relationship between the two. Mm. I found that really interesting. Yeah. And it, it was a really good way of expressing emotion. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Shakespeare. He's not just an amazing writer. He's a philosopher in, his, uh, mm. in himself. You know, he talks about ideas that had never been thought about before mm. in his plays and really caused, I think, a renaissance in his time. And he's one of the, he's one of the few... Um, great academics who has become such a part of the English language. Mm, 7,500 words. That's added. incredible. That's so amazing. Yeah. Think about it. The, the words that we speak today, a lot of a lot of them have come from Shakespeare himself. Yeah, that's many really phrases as well. Yeah, I mean, to be or not to be. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a classic. But Raining like, cats and dogs. Raining cats and dogs. That's from Shakespeare. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, there is a, um, a board, I can't remember whose room it's in. It used to be in, you know, Mr. Holder Williams, do you remember him? No, the man of all men. Oh, of course, Mr. Holloway. Um, he used to have it in his history classroom, and it is filled with quotes and quotes and quotes that we use every day, that were invented by Shakespeare. It's brilliant. And you can you can look at them. I don't know whether it's in the school. No. Someone finds it. Then. So you touched a little bit on William Blake, and now mm. I think I know the answer to this. But who was your favourite poet? Go on. Now, if I was to say. <laughs> If I was to say Wordsworth, you would be right. Would I? Yeah, you would. Oh, excellent. Well done. That's a point there for me. Mm. So go on. Why? Why? I don't. I don't know. It's weird for me because I'm not a major fan of the Romantics. I quite like poetry, which is dull. But yeah, I don't really like poetry, which is happy. But the thing I love most about the Romantics is how much they care about the natural world and how much they are against it ever changing. Well, this is the cool thing, because do we remember that symposium, Romanticism and Revolution? Yeah, it was amazing. The, I, I really began to think there, and build upon thoughts that I had earlier, about, about how 
the Romantic era was really the dawn of secular thought, and mm. that brought with it so many brilliant things. Yeah. You know, poetry, music, invention, science, mm. politics. Yeah. Um, and yes, I, I agree yeah. with you. And that's so. really reflected in poetry, and that's why romanticism in poetry has always been um, an interest of mine. But I think the reason Wordsworth remains my favourite poet is because of the nostalgia that I attach to him. So I've been doing Lambda since I was about eight or nine, and one of the first poems I ever um, performed as a sight reading was um, I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud, yeah, probably yeah, yeah, Wordsworth's yeah, yeah. most favourite poem. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember reading it and just feeling so kind of safe in the poem mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. excited about something I'd never really paid much attention to. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think he urges you to do when you read his poetry, is just take a moment to appreciate the world around you that you take for granted I think it's, I think it's so amazing that you can, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm new to poetry in a sense that I've not really spent much time thinking about it before, mm -hmm. and I think it's amazing how you take so much almost solace and you get so much from it, Yeah. because I, I think that in itself is a real skill, because mm -hmm. I mean a lot of poems are difficult to read almost. Yeah. So Wordsworth went to a school in Windermere, went to Windermere school didn't he? I don't know. I think he went, to, he, went to the Wind, he went to the boarding school in Windermere on right. the lake. Um, and I was watching a programme recently and they found a load of um, his old poems. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it is. Yeah, it they is have excellent. first editions of his poetry at Oxford. Yes. So, uh, yes, of course they do. That would be nice if we went there. Right, so I think now would be a good time for you to read um, the poem that you read. Well, yeah, poetry, it, is a, it is a romantic poet, so it would fit quite well. Exactly, so if you read it as you read it, I think this would be really good for those who didn't go to Poetry Please to be able to hear um, what Ellen has been talking about here. So we've, we've, she's been bigging up Poetry quite a lot, yeah, so I'm expecting big things, I'm expecting some tears um, you from me? you and me. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Obviously you don't feel obliged to cry, but no, what else It's fine, if you want me to cry, I'll cry. I'm just thinking of the listeners, you know. Okay. I just, I just More emotional. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so. I'll just give a bit of background first, though, it's important. Take it away. So, um, I recently purchased a book of uh, romantic poetry, mm -hmm. Penguin Classics. Oh, uh, yeah. It's good. Well, it's um, And in it, I found the poet Thomas Hood. Okay. I've never heard never, of Neither had I, and I love poetry. Um, but he is a romantic poet. Mm. And... As I said before, the thing I don't really like about romanticism is that it tends to be very happy and have some kind of positive meaning mm. or thing to take away from it. In this poem, it's just very candidly reminiscing about the past and childhood and how much the uh, speaker misses his childhood. Um, and it ends on quite a dull note, but one that brings me or brought me when I first read it quite a lot of comfort. Um, I think that might be... Um relatable to us quite a lot because I know we talk quite a lot about how things are changing so quickly yeah and childhood seems like so far yeah. away it's almost the perfect moment. time for me to find a poem like this Definitely. you know about to go off to university it was meant to be it was Thomas Hood <laughs> off we go Thomas okay. Hood so this is called I remember I remember I remember I remember the house where I was born the little window where the sun came peeping in at morn he never came a wink too soon, nor brought too long a day. But now I often wish the night had borne my breath away. I remember, I remember, the roses red and white, 
the violets and the lily cups, those flowers made of light. The lilacs where the robin built and where my brother sat, the laburnum on his birthday. The tree is living yet. I remember, I remember, where I was used to swing, and thought the air must rush as fresh to swallows on the wing. My spirit flew in feathers then, that is so heavy now, and summer pools could hardly cool the fever on my brow. I remember, I remember, the fir trees dark and high. I used to think their slender tops were close against the sky. It was a childish ignorance, but now it is little joy to know I'm farther off from heaven than when I was a boy. Wow. That was excellent. Isn't it nice? I, and I could tell immediately that, that was the performance of a grade 8 um, Lambda person. Thank you. That was, that was really brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, it's a nice poem. Thank you. Yeah, that was brilliant. No problem at all. Um, I, I think it's fascinating. So, so, what's your guide to getting the most out of poetry? I think never read a poem once is my best piece of advice because it's not like a book. It's not... It's not like a song, it's something that needs to be understood and you can't achieve that by reading it once mm. and always read it out loud too. Mm. The way I like to approach poems, so when I found this poem I read it in my head first and I remember the first time I read it I didn't feel much because you know in, in, with this poem especially it's quite repetitive, um, it's quite regular, we have the repeated I remember, I remember, it's hard to kind of drift off and not really pay much attention to the words. Mm when you read it out loud and you take your time, almost read it like you're, you know, joking a little bit, like you're going too slowly on I purpose. Little, little joke yourself, yeah, yeah, like you're, like you're taking, it's like your nan's reading something to you and she's not quite a reader. And she's a slow reader. And she, yeah. she is a slow reader. And she can't quite, just read it that slowly and really think about every single word because that poet has spent time on this poem mm. and everything is there for a reason. And so... You shouldn't take it at face value and really feel the words as much as you can. I know that's such a weird... It's hard to explain how to feel words mm. without doing it. But try and... I don't know. Don't look into the deeper meaning. Don't take everything at face value. And, you know, there's so much poetry out there. It's like music. Everybody has a favourite genre of music. Everybody yeah, has a favourite genre. I'd say that's true. I mean, the, I mean, there's so much music. Yeah. Every day I discover new music by composers that everybody's heard of, mm. but but it, it's just it's fascinating. Yeah. And not every style of music is for everybody. Not every no. poem is for everybody. So always. So it's like that almost. Yeah. So it's it's like all forms of artwork, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You just got to keep looking for the one that suits you best. So I read that poetry, please. Mm. Um, How was that, by the way? Because you had quite an integral part. Of that. Yeah. I mean, I've. I did Poetry Please uh, every year, obviously COVID got in the way, um, and so one year we didn't do the poetry. Um, but this year we were able to come together in real life again. Um, which, which was great. Really special. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was really pleased when, so we in the Farrell Society, which is a plug, Join the Farrell Society if you want to. It's an, uh, apparently they have cake. We um, and coffee. Sometimes. Coffee oh. is, is a certain. So coffee's coffee is um, a stable. Yeah, that's sure. always yeah. there. It's not Farrell Society without. So it's a coffee. staple of the Farrell Society yeah. coffee, but cake cannot be guaranteed. Cake, biscuits. Miss Pantalo is the supplier. We touched upon it earlier, um, but what are your aspirations for the future? Oh, well, 
both you and I mm. are both waiting to hear back from Oxford, aren't mm. we? Mm, we are. um, the dream is to study English Literature and Language at Oxford. Um, if not there, then perhaps Durham or perhaps. St Andrews. So, so English Language and Literature. Yeah, um, and then possible career, what are you thinking? Oh, God. Um, I don't know that is a career. I don't know. Honestly, I just love reading and writing and analysing. I think that the key is that you'll uh, discover what you want to do once you go to university. Exactly, that's what I'm kind of relying on. Mm. If that doesn't happen, then um, postgraduate study. Postgraduate. All will be okay. Yeah, you might see me. You know, I could be a journalist. You might see me commenting mm -hmm. on the uh, affairs of the world. Yeah, very nice. Uh, in the newspaper. Or if you as prime minister. Oh, I'd love to be PM. Yeah. Uh, vote, vote, vote JD for twenty fifty two. Yeah. Careful, you might be conservative. Then. No, I won't. No, I'll, um, oh, I so will. Anyway, um, so, um, this has been excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you for having I me. I wish you all the best in the future. You too, Joe. Um, See you in uni. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>